for your team to be as healthy and productive as it can be, you need a combination of pursuers and withdrawers in your organization. The question is, are you ready to lead them both? Welcome to the Leading Edge Podcast, transforming your leadership with attachment science. Together, we want to transform your leadership by sharing principles from attachment science to put you on the leading edge of leadership. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. You're exactly right, Ryan. We do need both. Um, there, there's some there are benefits to having both in the organization. And if you didn't check it out, so this is a follow-up to what the podcast we, uh, the last one we did on leadership and attachment science. And it has been a while because there's been a lot going on and Ryan and I are both leaders in the community and in our organization. So we've definitely had to shift our focus and do some more structure work and attunement work. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. Um, and so, but we're glad to come back here. Um, and this matters a lot because leaders are having to deal with it right now in this moment uh, in crisis, like because it's bringing out people's different energy. Um, so what does that mean for you as a leader to recognize the energy that people bring in, whether pursue or withdraw? And then how do you find it and how do you utilize it? Because you want to get the efficiency and the good out of both and know how to connect with both so you can get the most out of that place. All right. That's right. Easy to say, harder to do. I would say very few leaders are prepared and equipped to do both. Most of us work with one well or the other well. Once again, we're, as we've said from every, probably every episode, we're painting in broad strokes here. Okay. So there's always exceptions and there's definitely nuance, but you can't address every, every one of those on a podcast. But an oversimplified way to say what we're saying is the pursuers in your organization are people that activate when distress hits. Something bothers them, you're probably going to hear about it. You know, they're going to be the ones that are going to push for change in overt ways. They're more likely to be labeled as, you know, complainers or, you know, something like that. Withdrawers are going to be the ones who, uh, if they're upset, you probably wouldn't know it. Uh, they're going to be the ones that t are used to getting their value from performance. So they're going to be really, really focused on how they're seen. And, um, you know, they, they're probably going to move away or try to be uh, a peacemaker when it comes to things that hurt. So, again, it's not good or bad. Both kind of come with uh, benefits and challenges. You know, that withdrawer may be one of your best performers, but they may be secretly unhappy for four or five years. You don't even hear about it. Next thing you know, they up and leave and you're just stunned. And they're actually stunned that you're stunned <laughs> because they're like, how would you not know? <laughs> right. And, but that pursuer, you know, they may drive you crazy, but a lot of things they're driving you crazy about need to be addressed. That's right. And so while they, while you probably, you know, sometimes wish they just learned to be a little more content, learn to have more gratitude or appreciate what they have, that can be a major error because pursuers are often, they're agents of change. And an organization needs both. If we're all pursuers or all withdrawers, we will lose a significant percent, percent of productivity and, and being all the team can be. So the question becomes, is the leader secure and flexible enough mm -hmm. to shift how they work with both those styles? That's right. And I want to throw something in there for the anxious avoidance or the withdrawer style, right? The good thing about them, they're that person in the team that they'll try and calm things back down. They'll try where there's a lot of tension or escalation going on. They want to kind of create some space to help allow things to reset and to recharge. 
Um, so they can definitely do that for you. Um, they want to get a, re a restore sense of control. Uh, and so, and there's some places that, because when they can get that space, they'll come back in and sharpen their focus for you. So there's some benefits kind of for that withdrawal energy too, that the leader can benefit from. For sure. And, and, you know, people, you've, you've heard phrases called, uh, I'm a people pleaser, which is kind of a funny, funny phrase, but it's really common. That's almost always a withdrawal, right? That's someone who, who is actually trying, they want to please you, but they also are saying, I don't want the conflict. I just assume not, I do not want to, they hate the feeling of being in trouble. Yeah. You know, when you're dealing with a, a quote unquote true withdrawer to, to live all weekend thinking someone's mad at them is just awful. Mm -hmm. Whereas a pursuer, they don't like to be in trouble, but it's like, well, at least I'm being paid attention to, <laughs> you know, for, for them to be the only one struggling with a problem becomes their nightmare. That's right. Right. That's right. And that withdrawal that is the place I don't want to disappoint. So they really want to know really clearly what's the mark I need to hit so I can do it because I want to have some success here. And so help me know what that can be. But when it stays too vague for them, then it can make this and there's this potential to where they might get chastised or told they're doing it wrong. And that's where they'll begin to want to exit out of the process. So if you give a withdrawal some clarity, they'll go they'll go get after it, too. Absolutely. Both are needed. That's right. Both are important. Uh, it's our ability to understand what exactly we're dealing with that becomes so key. Let's go to the science. Okay. A quick look at the science. I, I think we've said this before. My brain may have dropped it. Repetition is not a bad thing uh, yeah. if I've said it before. So pursuers, pursuers, which we're talking about, pursuers is kind of like a nickname for the anxious attachment style. Mm -hmm. Fearful, anxious um, attachment, or I'm sorry, Anxious, insecure attachment style, pardon me. We call them pursuers. Pursuers are the one that have typically have a lot more words. They push for change. They hate the sensation of not being seen. To not be a part of the team, to not be seen as valuable is their worst nightmare. Mm -hmm. Anxious attachment style pursuers tend to be drawn towards negative emotion. If there's something wrong, they want to know yesterday. It makes me think of the Godfather. Is that part one? I think it is. When he goes to California and he, uh, you haven't seen it? Oh, I've my seen it's been so long. You know, he finds the horse in the bed. Oh, anyway, that's cool. So, yeah, <laughs> the Godfather sends this guy out for a mission, and the answer is no. They turned him down, and, and, and his, uh, his employee gets up and says, my boss likes to hear bad news immediately. He's like, no. So he was offering to have a drink. He's like, no. If the answer is bad, he wants to know right now. And that's a pursuer for you. Whoa. If there's something wrong, they want to know yesterday. Yeah. They can't stand that sensation that there's something going on, some kind of secret we're not talking about it. They tend to be the ones that like meetings, mm -hmm. right? They, they want the meeting. They tend to enjoy that. So, you know, you got your, your overlap with extroversion there that's sometimes listed in that way. But they're drawn towards negative emotion because if there's something wrong, I want to know. And if we're talking about it all together, I've put myself back in safety. But if there's negative emotion, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or if there's negative emotion, I'm the only one that sees it. That puts me in a place of great unsafety. And in that, in that event, you will see that pursuer's productivity go drastically down. Because mm -hmm. they'll spend so much energy in survival mode, they won't be able to use their resourcefulness. That's right. That's right. But withdrawers... Attachment science there with withdrawers, what they're saying, they're going to be drawn more towards the positive emotion. Don't you see the good here? While you might point out the bad, the withdrawal is going to be like, but wait a second. 
What about this, 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 and this? And what they're trying to do is in their, their physiological system, it's just saying my body, what life has taught me is if I show up here, I'm not, that things probably aren't going to go well, things are going to blow up. So what I need to do is kind of turn down the volume of things so things don't get out of control. Well, let's create some space here so level heads can prevail kind of thing. But the problem for that is, is that then when they come back around to it, is that it can actually be, it can end up being bigger or is the problem has grown some. Um, and what they need to have to for success is they want you, like even as you point out things, they need you to kind of say to them, I do see you trying, I do see this. But if all you do to withdraw is tell them everything they're getting wrong, eventually what they'll do is what I've seen around, you tell me what you think, they'll begin to hedge their bets. They'll say, well, let me, rather than take the risk and try this new thing or to offer up this idea, I'll just play it safe. And that's where you as a leader, I feel like you really lose some of the best parts of them in their efficiency. When, when your employees or people that you lead start hedging their bets of not taking the risk of being rejected, then you actually miss some good parts of them there. Absolutely. That's well said. And uh, everyone needs affirmation. Okay. And as leaders, we don't do enough. Let's just say what it is. Everyone needs affirmation. You could probably walk down the hall of your, of your um, team if you're in a building you know, or emails or whatever, and, and compliment everybody one time a day when it'll be true. And it would be a huge, you know, boost for your team. There's no question that's the case. So you can write that down. Just be more, do more specific, practical affirmations. But withdrawers in particular thrive on that. And by what, well, by thrive, I don't so much need, mean that um, they're needing you to constantly tell them that you like them. That's right. What I mean is it opens doors. It, it puts them in a place of safety where they find the rhythm. And next thing you know, they have these wonderful creative ideas or they're leading up and helping you. And, and you, what you're finding is like, whoa, that person's really growing. And they might be growing or you may have just put them in a situation where now they can thrive. Yes, so when you invite a pursuer into a leadership conversation, I know sometimes you got to be careful with that depending on how your organization's set up, but you invite a pursuer in to hear about the problems and collaborate with them and show them that you also see the problem, man, they'll thrive. They'll have all kinds of ideas. So let's stop right there. Now you see the price we pay if we're trying to be overly optimistic. Everything's going to be fine. Don't tell a pursuer that. They don't want to hear that, especially if they know something really is wrong. Right. It's not our job to lie to people, especially a pursuer. And, you know, so optimism is good. Affirmation is good. But to be brought to the table to say, hey, here's the issue. I see it too. We're in this together. We're going we're gonna to fight through this. Or when they're upset about something, and this is a key takeaway, take the time to get upset with them. Take two minutes. It won't kill you to say, you know what, that does suck. I hear you. You know, you don't make enough or you don't get appreciated enough or, you know, sometimes this organization can get so focused on a goal, we forget about people. All it takes is three or four rounds, four or five rounds of validation of the distress of the pursuer and instantly what you've given them is the sense of, okay, I'm not alone in this place. And you've actually already changed the problem yes, before you've actually done any content. That's right. The pursuer, the, the withdrawers also is sort of the opposite of that. If they come to your office for a meeting and you're overly intense and you're, and, and what you'll find is they'll go into survival mode and you won't have access to their resources. So the point being 
Pursuers, withdrawers, both really important, have super resourceful aspects to them that their leader can draw or draw out or suppress based on how we dance with their attachment needs. And that's the key I think we've been um, really leaning into on this podcast with leadership. Leaders have to be able to have this sense of adaptability. We see that research in multicultural intelligence. We see that in emotional intelligence. But that's what we're saying here is if you're a leader, you don't get to just pick which one style you lead. You have to be able to have that adaptability to navigate that and to adapt to things that are going on in the environment outside and read and kind of what your environment, what your company or organization is trying to do. But within it is what is the energy and the move I need to make here and recognizing like we did in the last podcast, what's my style and what gets me. And the question I think we're asking in this one too, is as you engage each one of these different styles in your employees, what does it bring out in you? So you can catch that reaction, but then be able to lean into. So this is what's happening to me, but I also want to be able to lean into what does that person need to hear, whether it's a pursuer that needs to hear me say, yeah, I see it. I see that issue with you too, and I want to address it too. How can I be with you in this? And it's not that you're not too much. This is. Uh, thank you for bringing this up. It's actually an asset and a benefit to this company that you brought this up. Thank you. Or if it's that withdrawal. And it can feel like being able to lean in and even in that quiet place to say, hey, man, I thank you so much. I bet you're I can hear you're kind of quiet, but I bet there's probably a good idea going on in you. I just want to take a minute and lean back and see if there's anything in you that you want to kind of maybe be able to share with me. Because I think you've come up with some good ideas in this company before. And I just want to make sure that we get the best out of you because I think you have something good to offer. And I think that opens up that space for that withdrawal. Great. A couple of practical points right there. You know, you might just uh, take a pen and paper even right now or your phone and just make your best guess at what everybody on your team is. Ooh, yeah. You won't you won't always know for sure, but make your best guess. Are they, are they more of a pursuer energy? That's how you know is the energy that they put off uh, combined with how they respond to distress. So, you know, if you were just to go down the line, who, who tends to be more of a pursuer, who tends to be more of a withdrawer? If you don't know, well, need to find out. You can also interview them. Sounds like this. What are the three hardest things for you at work? What's funny is most leaders think they know the answer. They'll be like, oh, it's money or it's when it's stressful. And sometimes the initial answer will be that. But stay with it for just a moment. Say, seriously, what things really bother you at work? What you'll find is, is it reveals their attachment style. You know, some people will be like, I just hate when we have too many meetings. or I just hate conflict. Or I just, you know. Hate when X, Y, and Z happens. They're giving you more withdrawal answers. You know, pursuer answers are more like, I don't feel like I'm involved enough. I don't feel like um, people hear my voice enough, right? And so those are, those are phrases we get a lot in organizations, but we don't always recognize where it's coming from. Remember, attachment is about motivation, particularly, particularly motivation when it comes to safety and distress. That's right. Because that's what each one of these styles is trying to do. They are they are tapping into is it the motivation system. They're trying to create safety. And so for the pursuer, safety is you see an issue and we're addressing this issue together. Um, and then for that withdrawal, it is there is there is this good in that we there actually can be hope for resolution and that you can see the good here and it won't get lost. We can stay together. Yeah. So some practical cautions about assumptions. A dangerous assumption you can make about a pursuer is that they're a complainer. Mm. They're just unhappy all the time. Or you can't please them. And, and that does exist, let me say. I mean, I, I've, I've been a leader for a long time, and sometimes 
you know, it doesn't mean just because it's their attachment style that it's right. That's not what we're trying to say. But I think it is my job as a leader to sort through, okay, what of this might just be their anxiety? And what of this is actually pursuers are great at seeing around corners. Oftentimes they're really right. They can recognize, hey, something's wrong here before, before the leader often does. For one thing, because the leader always has a different vantage point. They have a different optical angle. And people in the organization are, are naturally going to see things differently. So your pursuers are great watchmen, so to speak. They can kind of catch something being wrong. I've had that happen a few times in organizations about fellow employees. You know, they, they, my pursuer would just say, hey, is she okay? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, so, you know, her body language has been really weird for four days. And, and, you know, that part of me is like, oh, you're always complaining. And then I'm like, hang on a minute. Is it? <laughs> you know, and to come to find out there was something big going on that would have really hurt us. And that pursuer is more likely to catch it. So you got to make a space for their, their, their words or their complaints as being really valuable. The, on, the, on the converse of that, the withdrawer, the, the caution for assumption is to assume that they're okay, that they're happy, just because they're not saying too much. You know, or they may even just like say, oh, I love working here, good to see you, when, when deep down they're upset about something, but they really don't want to burn all that emotional energy going through some kind of conflict resolution. Withdrawers tend to be people who maybe were, had a little bit of an avoidant strategy in their family of origin. And so they didn't have a lot of experiences talking about hard things and it actually making it better. So they don't want to do it. But the leader, you don't want to get confused to think, oh, they're happy, they're fine, because they're a major part of your organization. So when it comes, so one more practical point. When a, so, if, so one of the things that uh, I think is important and, and hard in leadership is, is meetings when hard things have to happen. Maybe you got to fire someone. Maybe you got to demote them. Maybe you got to write them up. Maybe something's wrong. They're coming in late a lot, or maybe their performance suffers, and you got to have one of those meetings that keeps you up at night. You know, you're getting up the next day and getting dressed and going, "Oh, I got to meet with so and so at two o'clock. I'm dreading this." Man, if you know their attachment style, you're already on second base. You know, if they're a withdrawer, you got to find a way to talk about what they are getting right. And you got to find a way to take the to keep the focus that's needed, but take the pressure down. Even how you sit in the chair, you know, if you got a withdrawer, go over by a window, spend some time just with them and how they are, and even just turn your chair and look out the window a little bit when you talk to them. That completely changes the game of how defensive they're about to be, because you're still focused. You're still going to get the message of how you got to show up on time, but it doesn't. It's not so intense. The opposite's for pursuers. If they come in, I need to match their energy. I need to say, hey, this is a big deal. I know this is hard. I know that this is, you know, what you've been going through this last quarter has been super tough. If you hear the tone of my voice right there, because that meets their energy. That's a neurological fact. Our brains have mirror neurons that when someone else reaches the same channel of intensity that we are, our bodies relax into that space and can now take in information. It's one of the many ways attachment science informs leadership if we'll allow it to. So those are just things to be aware of, to be cautious with, and then to use as tactics and strategies. Yeah, thank y'all so much. I know we hit this really quick, but I'll say this, you know, 
I've had the benefit of being able to go out and do a consultation and training with the organization around this. If you think this would become uh, something helpful for your church, for your organization, whatever, let Ryan and I know, especially if you're in Hawaii after COVID and you want to fly us out for a consultation, we'd be glad to do that. I'm also available at any spot in the Caribbean. Ooh, I'm also available. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Thank you for listening. We hope the principles discussed on this podcast help transform your life in leadership. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com and follow our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan Reyna on Facebook at Ryan Reyna Professional Training and on his website, ryanreynatraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com.